In today's episode, you guys, I am both excited and a little bit afraid. I'm going to be totally honest. We are bringing in one of my besties, one of my dearest friends who has been my longtime wedding vendor mentor, Dave McQueen, with Amari Productions to talk to us about how to grow our teams. And for some of us, that may seem like a really far-reaching concept, but I promise you there are some very real and very tangible things that we can all take away from this episode to grow our businesses bigger so it's less of us doing all the work and more of us growing a team to get the work handled collectively. We are gathered here today to bring together the wedding community. Whether you are a seasoned pro, a newbie planning to start your own wedding business, or an engaged couple hoping to see behind the scenes, we're here to share tips, tricks, and laughs with you as we talk weddings. The Union Podcast is a show that aims to build a community for those in the wedding planning trenches. Join Jamie Wolfer, Heather Laurie Fear, and special guests in roundtable discussions about the challenges and joys of the wedding business. And now, here come your hosts, Jamie and Heather. You guys, I'm super pumped for this episode. We have Dave with Amari Productions joining us for for a little chit-chat. Hi, Dave. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Hi, Dave. Hi, Heather. I'm so glad to meet you, one of Jamie's oldest friends from, what, 30 years ago? Hey. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. Coming in hot over there. (laughs) We didn't meet in the womb, Heather. Not like our, oh. our, our moms knew each other before. That's not how this works. You weren't twin separated at birth. No. Hmm. No. Okay. So Definitely. a ways back. So old friends. Yes. So as a little means of explanation, Dave and I have known each other since high school. I think it was like 14. He was 15. And he has been in the wedding industry way longer than I have. So when I first got started with my business, he is the first person I turned to just to be like a mentor in the space. What does this space look like? What should I be doing? Uh, does this make sense? Is this normal? I remember my first Catholic wedding and there was a giant gap between the end of the service and the beginning of the reception. And I was like, this event is going to fall apart. And he was the first person I contacted. And he's like, no, this is super normal. So I'm really excited to bring him in and have him share some of his wisdom with you guys today. And yes, I just publicly said that you have wisdom, Dave. And now I immediately regret it. Yes, I will be uh, clipping that and storing that for <laughs> later usage. <laughs> oh. oh, Jamie, he's going to be using this recording for all sorts of things if we're praising him. I so know. Much. Yeah, you better watch your mouth. It's been said publicly, but you know what? I, I will, I'll stand by that because you're the person that I've been t- turning to for business advice for so long. So I'm super excited that like now other people can tap into that. Hit me. What do we want to pick his brain about first, Jamie? I'm thinking the team building that Dave has going on is pretty top notch. Should we dive in there? Yeah, I agree. Okay, Dave, why did you start building a team? Jamie says you have a pretty awesome story behind that. Yes, we founded Amari Productions in 2011, right in the middle of 2011. So 2012 was kind of our first full season. And in the right when we started the company, we knew that we didn't want to just um, be a like a husband wife studio forever. We didn't want to just become you know more and more expensive, more and more exclusive over time. We wanted to to build out a team. I, I saw in our industry that there was there were companies that were that that husband wife, very exclusive, very experienced, you know, very, very high quality. They're expensive for a reason. I saw teams like that. And then I saw, or I saw studios like that. And then I saw studios that kind of felt like they were the exact opposite, where it was like they just went for volume. And there wasn't a lot of consistency. There wasn't a lot of quality or even branding. They, they, they were very volume-centric. And so what we saw or, or thought we saw from the beginning was this opportunity to find to find a niche between those two of saying, well, you know, we don't need to grow. We don't need to be this like crazy big national company in five years, but we can also build out, you know, build out a, a team. Hmm. And so one of the, the biggest kind of early takeaways was seeing other successful studios, you know, five years in, 10 years in, whatever, even like three or four years in trying to start associate teams, you know, that they built up their brand they got, you know, popular or, or, or you know, they, they, were, they were finding traction 
and then trying to build up an associate team, but really struggling because they had developed so far in those, you know, five, whatever years that it was really hard to, to, to have grown that far and then try to slate somebody in back at the beginning and catch them up to speed. And so what we did was in our first full year in 2012, we hired our first associate team. We didn't even know if we were going to have a full season's worth of work yet, but I was already seeing as our pricing was kind of starting to settle in, I was already seeing couples that you know, couldn't quite afford our pricing or, or maybe we were booked for. And so we just decided to go ahead and, and start that process basically just one year behind us so that, that our associates would be able to learn with us while we learned, um, would be able to grow with us while we grew. And then the other thing that we did, um, I think that was really helpful at the beginning, was we also started our associates under a separate brand to start. We just created another website, another logo, all of that, so that we had a little bit of brand shielding, so that if, for whatever reason, this experiment tanked, it didn't work, if I, it turns out that I you know, was really bad at, at picking, uh, you know, picking people to invest in or picking people to hire, it, it wouldn't directly reflect on our brand, on Amari. Okay, so we're going to take a break from the episode really quickly because we got to tell you about our friends over at 50flowers.com. 50 Flowers is the customer-centric online destination for wholesale flowers, shipped fresh from the farm straight to your door. They believe that flowers have the power to elevate any day or occasion into an unforgettable sensory experience. So whether you are designing your dream wedding or event or styling an editorial photo shoot, they take pride in providing you with the highest quality flowers that will inspire your vision, ignite creativity, and empower you to create a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Be sure to shop online at 50flowers.com and use code UNION for 10% off your order. That is very smart. And Dave, I will agree with Jamie here that you are very clever. I see you building a company here, not just a job for yourself, which I think is a problem that a lot of wedding industry folks get themselves into. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think it's that, it's that, uh, it's that, that struggle of wanting to be your own boss, wanting to do your craft, doing that for several years, being really excited about it, being really jazzed about it. And then after a certain number of years, you're like, okay, now what's the next step? Where do I take this? Where do I go? And by then it's like, you're already kind of behind, you're, yeah. you're already behind, you know, behind the eight ball. Um, yeah. And I think that's something that you mentioned to me very early on, which is why I picked the name JW Coordination is get away from your name. Yes. Do your yes. best to not use your personal name in your, in your company name because then people want yes. that name. They don't want an yes. associate. They don't want anybody else. So that's why I went with JW Coordination. We will be rebranding soon, but it's still not going to have my name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It also helps too if your name like doesn't, isn't like a beautiful stage name with great flow, which that is my case. So it's like Dave McQueen Productions. It was like, I could just see it. It was like some like, you know, nineties, like software tech company branding with like beveled edges and like grading. It just looked, it just, there was, it was never going to, it was never going to look good. (laughs) So, so yeah, so we got, we got away from that. We, we, Speaking a name very hard. It took us a long time. But yeah, one so so advice I think though for company for people that have already started their company. So far all this advice is for somebody basically just starting their company. Yeah. Um what I've seen in for for companies that did start as their just their name, they will evolve their company name to very very similar to well to the exact same thing that you have. So they'll they'll breathe they'll they'll evolve it to an abbreviation of their name. So I I know of one, yeah, I don't say like uh, events. Yeah, I think actually all the ones that I know of, yours has coordination at the end, it's at the end. So that there's way, or studio. Um, yeah, there's definitely ways that if you start as your company name or if you are currently, your name is your personal name, you can kind of quietly and subtly evolve that yeah. without throwing off all of your contacts and all of that. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like you're changing from Jamie Wolfer coordination to, I don't know, come up quick. Yeah. Come up. So yeah. it, it, it turns right into and happy events or something right. where it's like, right. yeah, yeah. Where it's like, who the heck is this? But if you go from Jamie Wolfer coordination to JW coordination, they're like, oh, cool. She just like, she updated her website right. or like, you know, her or whatever. And then after a while, as you start to bring in more skits and your face, you know, your face and name start to, to pull back a little bit, then it's just like, yeah, it's JW coordination. I don't even know what it stands for. It just sounds cool. Which is literally like, I gave you those, I, I, I 
examples of other recording companies and, and photography studios. And that that's how, that's what I thought they were. I just thought they were like these cool abbreviations when I first started working with them. And then it well, and I was like, oh, that's the owner's initials. Got it. Got it. Yeah. They, yep. Figured yeah. it out. <laughs> so, so it works. It definitely works. So for those who are listening, um, like what is, what is the benefit of having teams? Like, cause automatically I think there's a monetary benefit. I think it mm-hmm. also pulls you away from, um, what Heather and I called the dancing bear business where, um, you're doing less boots on the ground work, but you're still getting an income from it. But mm-hmm. in your mind, what are some of those benefits? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the benefits honestly start r- r- immediately. Uh, I remember in our first year in, in 2012, we, we, we brought our associates on. We, we did that hiring process in the summer. And so, you know, they, we had to train them. We did a few weddings for free, which we can get into that later, but that's a great way to, to get them started. And then, you know, they got a handful of weddings that year. And I remember our tax of the year and just kind of sitting there and being like, whoa, you know, it was like $5,000 or something. But just being like, whoa, like we made off of like selling a wedding that we wouldn't have otherwise been able to sell mm. and having somebody else service it. And then like me just do the edit or whatever. And I just being like, that's cool. So, oh, wow. I just totally lost my train of thought. What was the actual question? Where am I going? What are the benefits of having teams? <laughs> that's not the, probably, not, probably not the last time that's going to happen. I have really bad ADHD. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the, okay. the benefits will start. Uh, you know what? I have dry erase markers and a big piece of glass in here, so I'm going to start writing things down. I uh, yeah, the, the benefits will come will come right away, but then the but then and, and then they just grow from so the, the long term benefit, obviously being that you can create a steady stream of income. Another big thing for us when we started the company in 2011, we knew that we weren't going to be uh, company engaged quite married yet, and we knew we weren't starting anytime soon. But like we knew that eventually that was something we wanted to do, and with on Saturdays and you know soccer practices and meets or whatever games, whatever on <clears throat> on Saturdays and, and Sundays as well, I knew that there was going to be some point in the future working out was not going to be nearly as feasible as it was you know when I was twenty three and twenty two whatever it was. So it has that benefit of creating, starting to create. Steady stream of income, letting you work a more traditional you know, Friday, nine to five. Uh, and then the longest term that, that I haven't seen yet, but, but it's coming in point is it creates retirement income. I heard this from another, another studio that, that works very similarly to us. You're creating your retirement income um, because you can eventually start to pull back more and more from the day to day and create a, a steady stream of, um, I don't think you would ever be able to really call it fully passive income. It's not quite the same as taking dividends on stocks, but it, but it is, it's that you could get it dang close if, uh, if you build corporate structure behind you as you pull back. I am so interested in seeing how this could work for my business with me having a virtual planning company. So this is just super, super interesting to me, Dave. I love what you're doing here. Now, how did you set up your pricing? Because I can imagine that would be a little bit tricky with this this group of folks working underneath you and, you know, what do they want yeah. to make? What are your normal pricing tiers? Like, how did you develop yeah. that? Yeah. So we started, when we first started Omari, uh, I think what I, for pricing was I took what we were making as like somebody else associate shooters um, and what we were making doing like a freelance edit and just kind of mashed those numbers together and was like, cool, I'll sell it as my own package. So right away, like it was just very, very expensive. Um, that's not sustainable, but it's enough to, but it was, it, it was something to, to get the ball rolling and then we pretty quickly started raising our prices. And that's, and that's kind of where this whole thing starts because the, you know, I think our first price was like 1250 or 1500 for a wedding package, which, which is pretty, pretty standard for somebody like just starting out, maybe even a little, I, I know we definitely did a full, like maybe it wasn't eight hours, but it was like six hours of coverage in a highlight film. We did one for like 700 bucks that first year. Cause they like, oh acquired for like, it was like our weddings in two weeks. Like, do you want or not? And I was like, ah, 700 is better than zero. Let's do it. <laughs> but yeah. Better so, than zero. Yep. Yeah. So we started at like 1200, somewhere in there. And then we went up to 1800 pretty much like immediately or, or very quickly. And so that was where I, people were coming in saying like, I've got $1,000, I've got $1,200, whatever. And I was like, okay, let me like, 
let, let's do this. So our associate pricing, originally, they, again, they were under their own brand. It was Seven Pines Productions. Their pricing was always a little bit lower than mine generally about $500 lower than, than mine or uh, 10 to 20%, depending on the package or you know what year our pricing was in kind of as it scaled up. Eventually though, we did get to a point where um, we started promoting our so some of our associate shooters to like our main Amari brand. Uh, and there was a while where we were running three price points. I had my pricing, like Dave, the owner, and then I had a staff shoot, staff videographers that we called them. And then our associate brand Seven Pines. That was harder to do. That was very hard when you had three different teams. So what, how I would generally feel that is when an inquiry come in, came in, I would try to kind of feel out their budget range based off of you know their their venue, maybe their other vendors, um, the referral it came from. I try to figure it out, and then I would try to just give them two. I'd either say like, here's me and my staff, or if it felt like they were going to be on the lower end, I would say here's like our staff and our associate brand. Hmm. So you were really transparent with your clients about the fact you were, you know, developing these teams under you or basically referring work to these other teams. Yeah. So we would say, um, I would always try to sell myself first. because That was our most expensive package, right? It was our most expensive team and I wanted to fill out my schedule. So I'd always try to sell myself first, but if I was booked or if uh, my pricing was too much and they're saying, Hey, can you do anything with the pricing? And I'd be like, yep, here's my associate team or here's my staff team. Uh, or if I was fully booked, I would, um, I would just say, you know, uh, I'm fully booked, but our, but our staff is available, something like that. All right, you guys, you know that Jamie and I love a nice resource, a little tool, a little software to keep our lives in the flow as we're doing our work. Absolutely. You guys know, I've talked about this in episodes before. I used to be so chaotic behind the scenes. I had different binders for every client. There were notepads all over my house. And then I'd be racking my brain trying to figure out when did that person inquire? When did they reach out to me first? When's the last time I heard from them? What's going on with my life? And then I found HoneyBook. You guys, I see you love HoneyBook. When I found out that this was a resource, that each individual client could have their own portfolio and I could store things there and share things with them. It was a game changer for my business. Now I don't have to second guess when someone contacted me or how long an inquiry has been active, nor do I have to organize everything into individual folders on my computer. No, no, I've got HoneyBook, my sweet, sweet HoneyBook to take care of that for me. So you guys should be like Jamie. She is a wise woman. Go check out HoneyBook and you can get 50% off on your HoneyBook account by using our special link, theunionpodcast.com slash HoneyBook. Go check it out. And we are pretty sure you're going to love it as much as Jamie does. Talk to me about running into issues with people not wanting to book the lower groups. Like how, how do you pitch the newbies, so to speak, even though they're not new, yes. run into issues like that because obviously, like selfishly for me, what I run into is people want me specifically, but I do have a team of people. So I feel like I'm shoving yes. them in that direction. So how do you sell yes. an associate without yes. making them sound like, okay, I know they're new, so they're going to be cheap, but you're going to love them. Yes. Yeah, so obviously like the biggest thing there, and this might just come from my marketing I want to say marketing background. I really have a marketing background. I had a marketing degree. <laughs> Didn't do anything with it. But yeah, obviously, like you, you want to. Everything's positive, so it's just different levels of positive. So you never want to like. You never want to highlight anything. Anything that's that's less than anything that's poor. Or, you know, less lower quality or anything like that. So I would always, I would always kind of, if somebody asked that specific question. I would start with the associate team, talk about how great they are, what they can do. And then I would talk about what the principal teams, which is what we have now, by the way, I do not, I don't take weddings anymore. So now it's just, and also we shut down our associate brand, which I can, that's an interesting story there uh, or data point there. I can tell you why, but we have principal and associate teams now. So we still have two, two pricing tiers. So I'll start by talking about how good the associate team is and then saying what the principal team can do on top of that. So it's good and great or, or great and better or good and better, whatever. Unless there's two caveat, there's two like addendums to that. If we can tell that all they can afford, that there's just no way they're, they're going to afford the, the principal team. Like the associate is, is where their budget is, period. Then we don't even need to talk about the principal team. Like why talk about something they can't have? You know, why talk about something that's not attainable for them? Hmm. So we'll just talk up all the great things about the associate team. And you're never, obviously you're never um, embellishing 
or, or lying or anything like that. Like you wouldn't put somebody under your brand if they weren't professional that were doing great work. So you just talk about that. And then the, the obviously the other addendum being if we know that they can afford the better team um, and, and that they're maybe just kind of price shopping us against our own team, essentially, then we will just really focus on, on what the benefits are of working with a principal team and why we have principal teams in the first place. Like, why don't we just have a ton of volume at the associate price point? Um, yeah. And why don't you do that? Why wouldn't yeah, you just have a whole bunch of folks working under you, like thousands, an army of videographers? Why not? Yeah. So great question. So uh, when, 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 and this, I'll, I'll answer this in the way, because this will also give you another, another piece to work with. This is in the way that I would talk to a couple about the, the team. So what I would say is, uh, you know, our associate videographers, everybody, everybody, uh, we, we don't hire any, um, any like temporary like freelancers for like one-off shoots. Anybody that works for us, we train up from the start. They will go through a training program. They will assist at weddings before they can even become a second shooter. And then they'll second shoot until I see that they not only are, are being an awesome shooter, but they have that like leadership and critical thinking to, to lead a team. Our associate shooters, our associate teams, these are teams that I know are doing high quality professional work 100% of the time. I know that they are going to come out and they are going to document and document well your entire day. They're going to you know, be in the right spot at the right time. They're going to have good light, good white balance. They're going to get all those important moments. What our principal team does and what really defines our brand, and this is why all of our samples are from our principal team, uh, is our principal team, all of professional technical knowledge is now so um, second nature, so it, it comes so naturally that instead of spending the day thinking about, okay, what light do I need? What white balance do I need? That's just coming to them naturally. So instead, they're spending the day thinking about, how can I do this differently? How can I bring artistry mm -hmm. to this? How can I use the unique light in this room to shoot the dress in a different way? How can I, like, what's the underlying, like, dynamics here with the, with the, bride and her bridesmaids and her sister, her mom, like where are those, where are those really almost intangible moments going to happen so that I'm ready to capture them. So it's that added level of, of, of artistry on top of professionalism. So I would say our associate teams, they are professional documentarians. They are going to crush it. Um, our principal teams are all of that plus being very uh, experienced and developed artisans. Um, yeah, that would be my that would be my spiel. All right, and I can see how you couldn't have an army of these people because that would be a lot of folks to train. Exactly. Yeah. So and and, and so it does it does it does just take time to get that extra that extra mile. It's uh it's a um uh it's like a logarithmic curve. That's such a big dumb math word. I'm so sorry, but it <laughs> it's, it's 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 um. It's, uh, uh, you guys can Google it. It's logarithmic. So it's, uh, it's a decreasing, it's where, it's where you're getting less return over like more, you're putting in more work and the more work you're putting in, the less you're getting out over time. And that's how, that's how like you become that, that, like that, that level of, of, of pro of, of artist is, you know, you go take a training course. Uh, one day you watch you do a day of training on videography and now you'll know how to work the camera. You've, you've got a lot of return for that day. But then after, you know, a year from one year to like five years of experience, that's the difference between an associate and a principal. The, the, the practical difference is small, takes a lot of time, but it, but it, it's, it's both small and like, and, and big, to be honest. Like it, it, it's the difference between a, between a volume a very high quality, consistent professional volume studio and a smaller, more specialized, more artistic studio. And it sounds to me like your business fits in a unique niche between those two, because like you said, when you got started, there was either the, the expensive couple that was worth every penny, but it was just them and you're buying them as the brand. Mm -hmm. um, and they're mm -hmm. going to be the ones to come shoot your event or the Churnum and Burnham style where they're super affordable. Quality control is not quite the same. You don't know who your videographer is going to be, but you're going to get it for a great price. Um, yeah. And it sounds like you found yourself 
right smack dab in between those two, how can we create a new subset, subset of videography um, yeah. to make sure we can kind of still touch the ceiling but keep our feet on the ground? Yeah. So, so basically, you described it perfectly. We're right in the middle. So we, in some respect, we can't compete with either of them. But then in a much bigger respect, <laughs> I can tell you, it puts us in a great position because, so when I say we can't compete with any of them, there are still couples to this day that will come and say, I have a $1,000 budget. I have a $1,500 budget. I have a $2,000 budget. Our associate team starts at 2,900. In our industry, in our geographic location, 2,900 is kind of like the average price, yeah. like dead center on the, on the like bell curve of, of where videographers and photographers would price. Um, anything Generally, uh, anything generally, you know, 2,500 or less is where you'll find less experienced photographers, and videographers, and then anything 3,500 or above is where you're starting to get into people that are getting enough inquiries, getting enough referrals that they can charge more than the, the market average. So our associate team starts at 2,900. So if somebody comes to us and says like, hey, so-and-so is offering me this package for $2,000, like I 100% believe them. I know there are a million companies that are offering that. Uh, and then that's where we'll say, uh, for us, like uh, I will never talk down another studio or anything like that, but that's where we'll just talk up. Like here's, uh, we'll talk up what, what we offer. Um, yeah. and, and what we can often end up doing uh, is pull those couples up out of their initial budget and get them to, to book our associate team. If because we you're charge, buy, you're getting them to buy into what your product is. It's, it's not yes. just like, oh, we're growing, your, we're going to make you pay more than you originally intended. You're explaining the value of the product that you're offering. Exactly. Um, yes. Without bashing other companies, it's like, yes, I, I see that there's a $2,000 videographer out there. Absolutely. Here's why we're 2900 Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you always, and, and I, this is like just a huge, for any sector in this industry, for anything, like always your sales call. I know your sales call is very private. It's just you. It's just a couple. Nobody else is going to hear it. But like, that is like the definition of integrity right there. So like, don't, don't, just don't, don't talk down other companies. Don't ask them who else they're considering. And then, and then just talk about why you're awesome. <laughs> it will, it will pay you dividends because the couples will see that and they'll appreciate how genuine and how caring you are for your community of, of fellow vendors. So yeah, so that's, that's the low end. And then on the high end, I know that there are very high end planners who won't refer us because our prices are too low. The fact that on our price sheet, there is a number in the two thousands is, is offensive to their couples. Even that there's a number in the three thousands is offensive to their couples. So I know that there are, that there's lost revenue there. There's lost sales there. Be, because don't start at six thousand dollars. So yeah, so there are there are ways where you're not you, you can't get everything right, but by by putting yourself right, by by offering a very high quality product at a very like thought out price point, you can do just fine for yourself and for your teams, depending on how many you know if, if that's what you want to build out. Okay, quick interruption for you guys, but only because we're really excited about this, okay? Okay, we started a Facebook group. Yeah, because we want to connect with you guys and we want you to connect with each other because we are not just trying to be here on the microphone chatting at you. We want to connect and make a community. So come join us on Facebook in our group. It's called the Union Podcast Community. Join the fun. Let's support each other and rise together with our businesses. And let's be friends. Yes, please. <laughs> See y'all in the group. See you there. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like for so many of us, like I feel like I'm on a hamster wheel at times or the dancing bear business where it's like, how much, how many more times can I raise my prices before I price myself out? And now I'm doing five weddings a year and yeah, maybe I'm making the same amount, but like I'm out of touch with reality of where I started or a majority of couples. So I feel like this associate idea really kind of circumvents that. Yeah. And I, I, I remember that too. I remember it for us, um, for me, it was the, it was the end of 2013, the beginning of 2014. So our associate team was kicking, we were kicking, um, for us, a full season was like 30 to 35 weddings every year. So I think like Mariah and I had done, or my wife and I had done like five weddings. Uh, our associate team had probably done like another 20 and I had just realized like, Hey, if I'm really good about my editing pace, I can actually edit both teams weddings. So we were making you know, we were taking home a good percentage of it, but I literally just every day, Mariah was doing the emails and I was doing the editing just every single day. And I remember just 
having that struggle, exactly what you're talking about. Like your, for me, it was, I was thinking of all these ideas that I had, all these things I wanted to do to like better position our company, to, to grow our company. And I didn't have the time editing every single day. And so for us, it was the beginning of 2014 where I started doing math on a napkin and saying, hold on, okay, I think we could, I think we could have some of our shows come in and, and work, work in the office two days a week. I think we can, I think we can afford that. Uh, and then we just slowly over that, over the next year, kind of built it up from there until, until they, they got, they got to full time because yeah, you, you need to, you need to do something to make it so that, that you're not just yeah on the hamster wheel every day. You need to be building, at least for me, I feel like I need to be always building towards something or building upon something. And I mean, it really opens you up to be able to work on your business versus in your business, which I think is such a important point to get to when you're building your company that you can actually give yourself space to step back and and develop the systems to build out the team, to do all that because you aren't just day-to-day grinding in there at events, editing, doing all these details of your craft. And it sounds like a really good balance for you with where you're at. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, you mentioned events. Uh, That's another big piece, you know, on Saturdays, not having to be at weddings myself, that opens me up to being able to go train people to go observe wedding. And even if, you know, God forbid, somebody has a family emergency or something, I'm always like, I'm always our, our like last, last, last backup. I can always jump in and and take a wedding if, if I need to. And that's part of the story of, of how I got out of, of booking myself finally. Uh, was I remember being at a wedding. I think it was the beginning of 2017. I was at a wedding just about to start. Like we had, I think we had shot the, it was at the Parker. And, and I remember it was at the Parker in, in Palm Springs. I just shot the famous front of the Parker. I was about to walk in and meet the bride. And I'm getting uh, like basically office calls. I was getting calls from a father of the bride that wanted to get a contract and know where to send the money and just, all, you know, all, all the running the business. Mm-hmm type stuff. And I was like, I just remember feeling so trapped in that moment of like, shoot, like I need to be available to run this business, but I'm literally like in it right now, like about to go introduce myself to a bride. And I'm going to be obviously 100% hers for the next eight to 10 hours or however long that day was. And I remember it was that moment where I was like, all right, I need to start like starting tomorrow. I need to start figuring out how to slowly transition myself out of being a dedicated lead uh, and so, yeah, the, the, the first part of that was taking my name off of one of the packages and switching it to principal and associate versus Dave and staff. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense to me. I, I really like it. And Jamie, I'm imagining this to be really powerful for you to integrate with what you're building because things are going so well. So this is really the next step for you. I, I literally have a page full of notes. And this is not the first time Dave and I have talked about this and I'm still yeah. taking notes. I'm like, okay, I like the word principle. That's a good one. Okay. Quality control, added level of artistry. Like I'm over here buzzing at the moment. Quite <laughs> and, I, and I think too, for your specific question, thinking back on that, Jamie, of like people saying, but, but I want you, but I want you. I think that is where you raise your prices. And, right. and that is where you do have to, you have to find that supply and demand intersection so that you, so that anybody that wants you can have you assuming you're not already booked, but it's going to be worth your time as both the person in the business and run it working on the business. It's going to be worth your time. And they're going to be making that investment for Jamie. Hmm. Uh, and then if they say, gosh, that's, that's just more than I can afford. Then you say, totally fine. I have these great options. Like I'm so excited for you for these, for my teams. Like I've, I've worked hard on them. Like I, I, I love them. I've invested in them. I believe in them. They, they, and, and they're available to you at your price point or at a much you know, at a more accessible price point. Yeah. Now for everyone who's listening right now, Dave, what are your, what are your thoughts on how do people get started? Like Quick little bites. What do they do? How do they find an associate? How do they structure this? Like if you had five steps you could give people, quick bullet points, what would those be? How do they start? Yeah. So I think the, the first thing, you know, it's hard, it's hard to think for, for every uh, sector in our industry, but I, for photo and video, like we have upfront costs of, of getting the equipment. Uh, so it's getting your hands on some equipment, finding some resources, for, for borrowing or renting equipment, asking family members, I, you know, I don't, you could ask family members to invest to, to help you to, to help invest, or you could also just ask family members like, Hey, I need to rent 
here or something? Can I use your credit card to, to back it? Like I, if, you're, if you're really young and really just starting out like I was, like I literally had to use my grandmother's credit card. Did you really? And have, yes. And I had a scanned copy of her license because they required like picture ID and like a letter signed from her so that I could go rent all of the gear we needed because I own one camera, one lens, one mm-hmm. tripod. Uh, wow. so, so, so yeah, you, you have to get creative in figuring out how to get the, the tools necessary to start. And then you have, to, you have to, to pound the pavement in terms of making those connections, finding, so obviously start with your network. So start with your friends. If you're starting out at a younger age, start with everybody else you know that's, that's uh, graduating from college or in that general age group might be getting married and just start blasting on social media. Uh, you can try getting listings on, on, on different listing sites, uh, but, but you need to try everything you can to get some of those first shoots and you need to have no, no pride, no ego, like be, be, a, be ready to like go to a venue and say like, Hey, I'm just trying to get some more, go to a studio and say, Hey, I'm just trying to get some practice. Like I will come assist for you for free and carry your gear around. If you'll just let me observe um, or you'll let me shoot or something. But style shoots. I, I've, I've personally not been involved in male shoots, but I'm sure Jamie or Heather, you guys could speak to that. That yeah, was me throwing it to you. <laughs> oh, I, I was going to say, I, I have some dreams of style shoots I want to do that are kind of specialized towards wedding hacker angle, but I know Jamie's done some that are gorgeous. Oh, stop. I paid her to say that. <laughs> oh, I think Jamie pays me so much money. To I, be all the money. Lady. <laughs> all the monies. No, I, I, I am a sucker for style shoots. I love them so very much. And it's a great way to like showcase what you're capable of. Cause so many times when we get hired by people, we're creating their vision, um, which -hmm. is great. And we love doing that, but being able to create something from scratch is like dreamy. Yeah. So, so I kind of, I kind of walked around your question mainly because back in 2011, the answer looked very different than it probably looks now. So I'll give you what the 2011 answer was. That was Facebook. Facebook was still very, very big. It, up until around 2014, 2015, a lot of our business growth came through just being very diligent about uploading our films. You didn't even have to upload them directly to Facebook. You could put them on Vimeo, YouTube, and they would still autoplay in people's feeds. You, know, you would tag the couple. It would show up on their feed. All of their friends would comment on it. And that was how we would get word of mouth would get out that way. And then for us, when we first started, Craigslist. I would literally every, I think it goes down every three days or five days or whatever it was. So I just had a calendar reminder every three days or whatever to go post another Craigslist ad for videography for cheap or whatever. Or when we were training associates, I would post on Craigslist for free videography to just say, hey, I just need to get them practice weddings. Uh, And obviously, if you say free anything on Craigslist, a service, like that people will respond and say, oh, okay, cool. I'm getting married this weekend. I'd love a video. So that was the answer 2011. Craigslist might still work. I don't know how successful Facebook would be these days. Uh, worth a shot. Uh, you could try LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. And at like, this point, yeah, that's, that, that, to, that's to create volume of inquiries so you can get these people that you've connected with trained. Yes? Uh, no, at, at that, both. At that point, it was, okay, we do this for a living. Um, we've, we've second shot and associate shot for other companies. But now how do like, I built a website, you know, I, on, back then I built it on WordPress. Now you build it in Square or whatever, uh, Squarespace, whatever. <laughs> it's clearly, I don't know what it's called. It's called the wrong thing. But yeah, I, I built, built a website. I created a cool little logo. Now somebody booked me. Like somebody paid me to do what I love to do. I promise I'm good at it. Um, I just need somebody to trust me to, to give me the money or to find me and, and, you know, book me for their wedding. So yeah, getting on Facebook, reaching out to networks, posting on Craigslist, that was, that was to start trying to drum up interest to get our, get our name out there. Uh, in terms of finding people, finding associates, that's a great question. Uh, where we had a great early success was reaching out to the colleges around us, uh, reaching out to the, I, I went to San Diego State and lived very close to it. So we reached out to their, um, their film department there. And that's how we found all of our first shooters. Um, one of them is still working for us, what are we, eight years later? He's like my second in command. Um, uh, and then in more recent years, we started reaching out to other schools around us as well. All right. Well, it sounds like that's all super helpful for folks just getting their business off the ground. I do think the Craigslist thing still works. Yeah. Um, I have hired folks from Craigslist for photography and videography on the fly for events that were tied to my husband's marketing 
company because he always forgets to hire these folks. And then I'm like, <laughs> the day of, like, oh my God, I need a photographer in three hours and I'm doing yeah. it for him. So, so then, so that, I mean, so if Craigslist still works, then that's like the perfect, um, uh, like barometer, thermometer, I don't know, of, of how, of how bad, like how bad do you really want to start? Right. Mm -hmm. Because like people talk about their dreams, talk about what they want to do. Like, show me, show me that you will actually every third day for a, mm -hmm. for a year for, I think we did. I honestly think I kept posting on Craigslist for like three or four years because I, I, you, I would, I would just get random people from it that would have the right budget and be interested. And it's like, it's free. It cost me nothing. It just, I just need to stay committed to every third day, copying the ad, posting it into a new one and hitting post. So yeah, I think if Craigslist still works, then that's a great avenue to really test yourself on, on, on how, how much do you really want to get this going? How yeah. willing are you to put in the work? That's the one avenue where you can't say, oh, I would do it, but like, I can't afford that. I can't I don't have the money for that. It's like, no, like, literally, you yeah. just need an internet connection and, and 30 seconds, but every, every third day for eternity until your business is, is thriving. Especially when you're in that like catch 22 situation where as a business owner, you have enough to sustain yourself, but you see what Dave saw however many years ago and what I'm starting to see in my business. And that is, shoot, I'm either going to price myself out or I'm going to wear myself out. I have to make a move. Yeah. I have to pivot here. So using an option like Craigslist, jumping on there, you can drum up more business to pass off to these associates. And one thing Dave, yep. you told me months ago was like, maybe don't include your business name. Like that, that's a great way. Cause that was something I was worried about. I'm like, what if the, we get whack jobs off of Craigslist? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. That goes or, crazy. And, or it hurts your brand because yeah. you have an established brand and you don't want that out there that, oh, she's just finding people on Craigslist. Exactly. Yeah. So you had mentioned to me, like, maybe don't do it branded, like just offer day of coordination and get your people trained up the way you want them trained up in a safer yep. environment because your brand isn't attached to it. And then yes. they're ready to work under your brand. So it's a great step-by-step yep. -step process of like, oh shoot, I only have enough weddings for me. What do I do? Go to Craigslist, yes. maybe don't have your brand attached to it if you feel uncomfortable with that or if you're still unsure about it and get your teams on those. Those are the ones that you pop by. Those are the ones that you direct from behind the scenes. So then they get the experience, they don't damage your brand, and then they're ready to go onto your brand when you feel comfortable to move forward. Yep. And then when you get to that point where you are bringing them on board, and because and, and, I, I kind of I see where this is, this is headed, where you, uh, when they're two separate brands, it's uh, a lot easier to differentiate when couples come to you and say, okay, you know, here's my budget, or I want Jamie, or I want to spend this much, or whatever, you have two separate brands. When they come under one brand and you have something like principal and associate, it gets a lot more gray for couples because they're like, hey, it's the same logo on everything. It's on the same website. How do I tell the difference? And so for us, oh no, I lost my train of thought again. I told you it was going to happen again. I think you were talking about Seven Pines. I was, and I was going to go into something. <laughs> it's gone. If you're worried about I was going to go into... I was going to go into something about, uh, um, oh man, ADHD is the worst, guys. It's just... <laughs> well, it sounds like you figured out a way to maneuver that transition from having folks be a little bit more delineated as a separate entity to melding that into your company and your brand with your team. Yeah. And so, and so I, I don't feel like this is where I was originally going to go, but, but I can, I could take this too. Um, so what, uh, what you can do, or what we have done when we brought them under, under one brand on, on top of the, the normal conversation that we, uh, that we already touched on of the like documentarian versus like artist is being very selective in the sample work that you show to help couples feel that difference between between the, the two teams. Um, so for for example, for us, with our associate highlights, like we edit those, we do edit those in a little bit more, a teeny bit more of a template to, to those to those films to, to, to again like be more efficient, be a little bit more cent, uh, centered on price point, on creating how can we how can we give you the best possible product at the best possible price? That's like where the associate team is going towards. Whereas the principal is like, how can we give you like the best piece of art at like a reasonable price? So for the associate team, we, we do follow a little more of a template, but for 99% of couples, if I just showed you three random principals and three random associate highlights, 
might not be able to see the difference. So what we'll do to help uh, create that contrast, to create that dynamic range, is be, be selective with the samples that you show. So for a planning and an event, like, you know, design company, that's, that's super easy. Just the, the weddings that you do, if you get weddings at higher end venues or with higher end floral budgets or with even just like more guests, like anything that would make that wedding feel more luxurious, which that is a word that like luxurious and, and luxury, like that word does not exist anywhere in the Amari brand website anywhere. We never use that word, but like, undertones of, of higher end of, of luxury black tie events. And then for the associate weddings, weddings where maybe there is, um, you know, simpler florals or they did, they DIY the florals or, you know, little, little details, both in the design of the day, um, in maybe the story of the day. So maybe an associate wedding has like traditional I do's in it. And a principal sample has like really good personalized vows, like little things like that to help those couples on the fly kind of get that feel of like what, what the difference is. And, and that would, that would be, that would be in a situation where, where you feel like a couple could really go e- either way. Cause again, you have those kind of those two offshoots of, if a couple can only afford a, your, your, let's say like Jamie, if a couple can only afford your associates, then just show them your best associate work, like the, the biggest, whatever. Um, or, or if you, or if you think they can, you know, they, they can only afford, or you think they can definitely afford you and you want to work with them and you don't want them to try to, to take the lower price point, then, then you don't even bother with it. I think there's something like, powerful about that because like clients can see themselves in those situations. If they look at yes. the black tie stuff and they're like, nah, wait, what? No. And then they yes. feel like they relate more to the associate style work. Yeah. I see the power yes. of that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, I, yeah, I'm like, I think we've asked all our questions, Dave. Thank you for letting us pick your brain today and sharing a little bit of insight into how you've developed this company that's thriving. We hope you and your team are staying safe and well during all this craziness in 2020. Yeah. It's an amazing year for you, you know, and um, you keep that whole team busy. Yeah. Well, 2020 will be something for all of us. That's for sure. (laughs) We'll see. We'll all see where this all, uh, how this all kind of settles in. But I think, uh, I think personally, I'm, I'm just amazed at uh, what I'm seeing from both our industry during this time and from our, uh, from our couples as we all just, just navigate, navigate the unknown, right? Like it is not, not hyperbole. For once, for once, you can use all of those adjectives and they will not be hyperbole. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I... I yeah. Well, thank you so much. And uh, Jamie, thanks for bringing your, your big bro, basically, you know, <laughs> yeah. your, your fake big bro here to give us a little wisdom. And now you see why, like when I have business questions or issues or concerns, I'm like, Dave, I need your help. But I will say, <laughs> I have to throw this out there. He's actually been asking me for help a lot recently because homeboy started a YouTube channel and it's been really, really rad to watch that process go- grow. So we'll definitely leave links to all of his socials um, in the show notes. You can find him over at Amari Productions on basically everything, right? Yeah. Amari Productions on Instagram, on TikTok, and on YouTube. Yeah. yeah I, I hear some big things are happening on TikTok too. So. Oh my gosh. That's a <laughs> whole nother. That's viral. A- it's like, uh, okay, now you have to make that video about TikTok for wedding vendors because we're- I, I, I will make that video. But hey, but you can't get off this thing before I'm allowed to sing your praises because you have sung my praises. Yeah. Jamie's right. I have been picking her brain a lot because Jamie kills it at YouTube. And so she, uh, it has been, it has been awesome to be able to cash in, cash in all of those, uh, all of those brownie points and say, hey, 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 hey. Let me bomb your videos and let me pick your brain so that, uh, yeah, I could try to, I could try to figure out this space that, that you're, you're the pro in. I know. So yeah. Very thankful, very thankful for, for all of, uh, all of Jamie's mentorship there. And, uh, yeah, very excited for this podcast and, uh, to see it take off. I know we're so pumped. This is just, I'm very happy right now. This has been a good day, you guys. It's a good time. And I'm just excited to be in the presence of two you know, prolific YouTubers. So it's a special, a special time for us. And uh, prolific in the sense that I watch a lot of it. <laughs> I don't know if I've been on it. I don't know if I've been posting it, posting enough to be prolific yet. Well, you know, by 2021, we'll all know the truth here for you too. So I can't wait. 
thank you again. And you guys stay safe out there. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and uh, getting to see behind the scenes of Jamie and her faux big bro. (laughs) (laughs) You've just walked down the aisle of today's episode of the Union Podcast. Thank you for celebrating today's show with us. We hope that you've found a little gem of wedding wisdom from this episode. Please let us know your feedback by sharing a screenshot of this episode on Instagram. Be sure to tag at Union Podcast so we can hear your voices. Let us know what topics you'd love to hear about on future episodes. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Until next time, stay lovely wedding friends. That's a perfect spot to end that. That's great. Oh boy. That we will, we'll do, we'll clean that up a little, but I think, you know, we ended up with a, a winner here despite all the hurdles we had today. Oh, there there some hurdles. <laughs> if there's one thing I'm good at, it's bringing hurdles with me everywhere I go. <laughs> well, you like to make life, you know, a good growth experience where you're getting <laughs> to get stronger. I'm just, <laughs> I'm really all about just helping everybody that comes near me really just grow and stretch and <laughs> yeah, become so much better at life. Oh, no, honestly, this was really good. I'm pumped. I'm not kidding, Dave, about taking a bunch of notes. Like I did. This was great. I hope this is like my prayer is this is going to be a really powerful tool for a lot of people who are reaching that point of like, well, shoot. And I think that one Craigslist tidbit is going to be very powerful for some people. Yeah, I never, I never talked about that before with anybody. I don't think that was just like, it was like my, it was like my, uh, it was like my secret weapon in the very, very early days of like, oh shoot, like I can for free get, you know, like a wedding or two a month. I don't remember exactly what the numbers were. I don't know if it was like one a month or it was something consistent though, where I was like, oh shoot, like I can actually like, can't, can't do all of it on Craigslist, but I can get consistent work on Craigslist. Um, Mm. by, by just kind of like flying under the radar and and posting ads, free ads, bro, done. We're going to do ads. Love it.